This week on the Start Creating Podcast, I rant about some weird comments that I constantly get that gets me furious. You know, Jeff and Barry asking why they've been on Facebook and YouTube for five years but they're not successful. In my opinion, you're doing it wrong and I'll explain to you why. We deep dive into the news where Facebook is launching its own cryptocurrency in the Facebook Calibra and Libra coins and... I keep you updated on my weird life of, you know, health and doctors. Also, we take a trip down memory lane and I explain why I'm not just a YouTuber and nor are you. You are many things and just a YouTuber can be quite an insulting comment. So let's get started. Here we go. And welcome to the Start Creating Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you grow on social media, from YouTube to Instagram and so much more. I am your host, Alan Spicer, your YouTube certified expert. I have around about 12 years worth of experience in this industry, from web development to social media marketing and video editing in itself. This podcast will be about news, tips, tricks, and your submitted questions should you need any help within the social media space. So follow, subscribe, enjoy the ride, go out there, start creating. Episode 6 of the Start Creating Podcast. Now, you're probably used to this by now. This is a little bit where I'll give you a little slice of my life. Now, if you're not too happy with listening to my melodrama that's fine just skip through and you can go straight to the news where we talk about facebook currencies and stuff like that but yeah for for everyone that actually cares um i it's the doctor thing right so i've got my blood test back i've now received a letter saying that i need another appointment to for them to talk to me about my blood tests and that will be this friday coming so effectively I've now seen half of the the doctoring stuff at my GP surgery. Um, I've had, what, four appointments, and that's over the course of eight weeks. And I've still yet to get a solid answer of whether or not I have super mega flu, or, uh, I don't know, whether or not I've got leprosy or gout, or whether or not my face is going to fall off. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not feeling ill right now i just wanted to be a sensible adult and get myself checked out at 35 to see if there is some life-changing things that i need to do like i know i need to lose some weight i know i need to move more i know i could eat healthier i know i've felt better when i've i've been two three four stone lighter i get that right but so far me trying to be an adult about it it took me three months four months to finally get the id to sign up to the gp then another two months to actually get to a point where on friday i'll be sat down hopefully sat down with someone that's actually going to talk to me about my test results wait for it they'll they'll do what they did last time in which they'll have booked me with the wrong person or something so we'll see so for everyone that was asking, yes, last week I was a little bunged up. Thank you very much for noticing. Um, the painting is now mostly done and my other half is now back to work this week. So the madness has ended. She was um, quitting smoking last week as well. So all in one giant madness, you had me stressing about 
my doctor's and doctor's appointments and bloods and stuff like that. We had her, like, quitting smoking. But, like, most people, when they quit, they'll they'll move on to, like, an e-cigarette or they'll, they'll go into gum. Fair enough. She spent, like, 30-odd quid, so, like, like $45 to get some Nicorette gum. But then she didn't actually chew them. So, while she's decorating the house... She's become more and more satanic. So every morning she's waking up and she's ripping my head off. And every every, every like two or three hours when she should have been having, or she used to have a, a, a cigarette, she's not having gum, which is making her worse and making her worse and making her worse. Oh. And I'm quite an organized person. I quite like my routine. I My brain works that if if I know every morning I wake up, like say say for example, my average my average week is I'll I'll wake up on a Monday, I'll help my other half like get out the door for work, we'll prep the the little human so she can go to nursery, and then f- from say seven till about five o'clock in the afternoon, I have time to myself to work, and I work from home, you know, uh, consulting clients and making YouTube videos and dealing with social media and taking phone calls and making Skype calls, so. Yes, and then I do the same on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I look after the little human being, unless there's, like, grandparents involved, and then Friday, once again, they're back at nursery. So, most of the time, I have the house to myself, or I have a little human with me, and I can work. But I have a routine. I also tidy the house and stuff. I'm very much a tidy room, tidy mind type of person, whilst my other half is very artistic and... If it's there, then, you know, I can't forget that it's on the floor or it's 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 organised mess. So she's off work for the entire week. So not only is it organised mess, which is already triggering my OCD, but she's not eating her cigarette gum, which is making her Satan. So I'm antsy about the doctor's appointments because I don't like them. The house looks like a bombsit because she's decorating, which is also triggering me because it's not organised and I don't have a set routine like who would have thought her having a week off work would would make me ultimately stressed (laughs) i can't i can't wait for the day that i earn enough that maybe maybe she doesn't have to work anymore right but then i'd still be worried that she'd be decorating the house all the time (laughs) on a completely unrelated side note um i've been wanting to go on a canal boat holiday for years I know that's really random, isn't it? Um, I just like I, I live in Yorkshire in Huddersfield. Some of you may have seen that from my YouTube videos. If you're listening to this and you've never seen my YouTube channel, go and check me out. Go and go and search on YouTube Alan Spicer. You'll find me. I'm not hard to find, right? Um, but the same canal that I walk up and down on on some of my videos, I'd love to explore that in a canal boat, right? You can rent a canal boat for like three, six, ten days, something like that. And they give you a route that you're going to take. And say, for example, you rent the boat for 10 days. The route is actually only about five, six days. So you can choose to to float around a bit slower or choose to moor yourself in places. Now, I've always loved that idea. Um, but my other half just doesn't like the idea. She's worried that it's water and it's claustrophobic. So it might end up being me and my best mate floating on a canal boat at some point in the next year. And it'd just be like floating having a pub lunch, floating, having a couple of beers, floating, having a picnic. So 
at some point in the next six to 12 months, if you notice that I'm making a load of videos from a <laughs> a canal boat, then you know what happened. I'm curious, what's what's your weirdest idea of a dream holiday? Like, canal boating's always been in my head ever since I knew I was going to move to Yorkshire. But in the long run, I'd love to hire a VW camper van or own a VW camper van and drive around America just vlogging. Like, going to see the weird sights, you know, the world's biggest ball of twine, the world's smallest hole, the B&B shaped like a dog, right? Maybe do the same in Europe. Go and see the non-touristy tourist things in 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 Europe. You know, vineyards in, in France and some really good little villages in Italy that sell fantastic chorizo or something. But yeah, so... Would you go on a canal boat holiday? Or what's your dream holiday? Let me know in the comment section down below or tweet at me with the hashtag startcreatingpodcast. Now, I'm going to step you into the news where I talk about the Facebook cryptocurrency that, that might be challenging Bitcoin very soon. So this week we have seen the announcement of the possible... Facebook cryptocurrency Calibra or Libra, depending on whether it's on Facebook or off Facebook. Now, cryptocurrency is most notably known for things like Bitcoin. If you don't know what cryptocurrency is, I'll give you a brief history. The idea of cryptocurrency is that it's decentralized, it's not owned by any specific government, it's policed and created by the people that use it. So, Initially, what you used to do was mine for Bitcoin. This would be that you'd work out a very complex mathematical equation using a mining tool, and then that mining tool would spit out a new Bitcoin, initially. And those Bitcoins were worth a little bit of money. That was back in the day. Now, mining for Bitcoin still exists, but it's now much more of a huge industry. Initially, it was a, a hobby, a community. And as the Bitcoin became more and more prevalent, the idea was that it would be a centralized, uh, sorry, decentralized piece of money. In other words, it's not owned by anyone. It's looked after by everybody. And therefore, it's uncorruptible. It was also one of those weird urban legends for a while because nobody knew where the code came from. Nobody knew what a blockchain was. It was connected to some random Japanese guy, but the man that actually created it never actually truly gave his real name but the idea sounds so fantastic that that people started jumping on board it whilst listening to those conspiracy theories of you know it's a kind of it's a cult it's a it's a weird thing it's a way to suck in money now roll forward around about 10 years now i guess people are more used to the idea of digital currencies the concept here is that once again if you're used to using your card to buy things online, whether it's in US dollars or pounds sterling, and you use your debit card or your NFC card where you just swipe it, now, that's digital currency in a way. Now, that's because our currency is regulated by our governments. In other words, the value of our currency is dictated by how well our country trades against other countries and how we are perceived in the open market. Digital currencies or cryptocurrencies aren't affected like that. An unstable 
cryptocurrency such as Bitcoin runs on the trust within the coin. So if you trust Bitcoin and it's more widely available, so for example, you can withdraw your money from Bitcoin using an ATM, then it's going to go up in value. But if it's seen as corrupt and dodgy and unsafe, then it's going to go down in value. Also, it's tradable on the stock exchange for exactly that reason. It's speculative. Whilst Facebook's coin would be stable, it would be locked to the value of a set currency. So one Facebook Calibra or Libra would be X amount of dollars. That stabilises it. That puts a little bit more trust. Also, Facebook interacting and diving into this industry gives them the advantage that they have 2 billion people on Facebook. So they could possibly jumpstart their currency and make it more recognised, more acceptable, more understood, which can only help cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum and Litecoin and stuff like that in the long run. Now, why are they doing this? Good question. I mean, the blockchain has been theorised for, for many, many, many years now as the future of transactions because it's self-governing. If I purchase something off of you, everybody else that used that coin checks that that transaction is correct, that the money is handed over, and then the transaction is safe. It's also technically untraceable, which also gives you your privacy. Why is that important? Well, the reason why everyone tracks it is, in theory, there is only X amount of currency. So let's say, for the sake of this argument, there is only ever going to be 1,000 Bitcoin. Those 1,000 Bitcoins are worth X amount of dollars per individual Bitcoin. And then if you have a slice of that Bitcoin, you now know the value of that Bitcoin against its market value. So what the blockchain does is traces every coin, where it is, whose wallet, where it's gone to, and it validates every transaction. So it knows that it is me and I am handing my Bitcoin to you and then it... That's where that Bitcoin's gone. No one can make fake Bitcoins. Nobody can steal Bitcoins. And nobody can destroy Bitcoins. So there will always be 1,000 coins somewhere. So that's how you get its value. Very much like the old gold standard that you used to have in the UK and in Europe, in which our currency was tied to the value of gold. The promise in theory used to be that this one coin was worth X amount of a percentage of a gold bar. I say that, but we, we abandoned the gold standard many years ago. So anyway, back to my point. Now that you know the rough generalization of Bitcoin, in which I say it really is truly rough, there are experts out there will, that will explain it much better than me, how will this change the industry? Well, maybe if Facebook get it right seeing as Facebook is the most dominant social media network out there, maybe instead of you spending pounds sterling or US dollar, you'll be walking into your local Tesco's or Walmart or Target. You'll be pulling out your card and you'll be spending Facebook Libra or Facebook Calibra coins. This then, once again, isn't specifically owned by a set government anymore. It's now owned by a business in control of that business. So, is that safer? 
I mean, if you're in Libya and you're worried about your government, do you want to buy Facebook coins now and trade that way? How widespread would this become? I mean, could you pay your landlord in Facebook coin? Maybe not. Can you pay your your landlord in Bitcoin right now? Maybe not either. I mean, you might do. You might not. This could be good for globalisation. This could be good for eliminating elements of corruption from around the world. And it could also go the opposite way around. I mean, Bitcoin's known in the darkest seedy parts of the world as a way of you buying things without being traced privately. I mean, there was... um, I can't remember the name of it right now. But there was a, a website in which you could buy criminal goods from. I want to say Silverway. Silver... I've, I've got that wrong. I apologise. But anyway, there was a, an online site that you could basically go on there and buy drugs, buy guns, um, hire a, a, a murderer for you, a hitman. Um, Silk Road, I want to say. Anyway, so... The advantage there is that I could buy a load of Bitcoin, I could go and pay it to a hitman and he could go and do his thing. And although the transaction is approved and the transaction is proven that those are real Bitcoins and they have gone to a real person from a real person, it never gives away who you are. It's all crypto. It's all cryptography. It's all incognito. So... If Facebook becomes the most dominant cryptocurrency, in 10 years' time, will we be talking about how too private their coins are and how they are funding crime through its easy-to-access cryptocurrency that isn't looked after? Makes you wonder. Now, will you be using the Facebook cryptocurrency in 2020? Do you currently use any cryptocurrencies? Maybe you can explain to me better how a cryptocurrency works if I got it wrong. Uh, Please feel free to comment either in the YouTube video or, of course, tweet at me using the hashtag StartCreatingPodcast. And my Twitter handle is at Alan Spicer, the letter Y and the letter T. So Alan Spicer, YT. Now, before we deep dive into the rant that is me shouting at people explaining why they are doing it wrong whilst they're trying to grow and claiming that five years is enough for them to be handed the keys to the castle without little effort, I want to give you a little freebie. I want you to go to alanspicer.com forward slash ebook to go and pick up my free ebook that teaches you the top 10 tips to getting started and growing your YouTube channel. It steps you through branding, niching, and everything in between. So go to alanspicer.com forward slash ebook and download it for free. Today I'm sat here on my sofa and I'm going to deep dive into something that really bugs me. Something that triggered me no less than about 30 seconds ago. And it's flicking through Facebook groups, a place where I spend a fair bit of my time, whether I comment or not. And I flick through Facebook groups and this comment shows up quite often. It may be phrased a little differently, but I'm sure all of us have seen these or we've heard one of these. And if you are truly committed to growing on social media or YouTube, then no doubt you know this 
person. Someone around you has said this. Someone has thrown that paddy. And you're doing all the grind and you're doing all the hustle. But you hear this phrase or something very similar. I've been doing this for five years and I've never made money. I've been doing this for five years and my channel's not growing. How comes you can do it and I can't? I've been doing this for blah, 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 blah. And why can't blah, 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 blah. Now, it's a phrase that bugs me. Because it really does. They assume instantly that just because they've been doing it for five years that they've earned the right just because they've been around for five years. You know, just because you've been there and hung out and been part of the furniture doesn't necessarily give you the right to elevate yourself within that community, within that job, within that role. Barry could have been sat in that business for 25 years being the janitor, but that doesn't mean that in year 26 he becomes CEO and has rights to a stupid payslip. Now, I'm going to break this down and I'm going to explain why it bothers me, right? And I'm going to explain how if this is you, Jeff, right? Or if this is you, Barry, and you are listening and this is your argument and this is your complaint that I've been doing it for forever and I've seen so many of my friends surpass me and I've seen so many people go in front of me and I've done all of this and I've done all of that and how comes he gets there before me and how does she blow up before I did and how comes blah, 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 right? So first of all, it's your intent. There's nothing wrong with starting something within the intent of having money. There's nothing wrong with the the lust for improving your situation. There's nothing wrong for the drive to 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 drown yourself in cash, but are you doing the legwork to earn that? Now, are you doing it pure and simply because you think if you start a YouTube channel, or you start an Instagram account, or you start a podcast that immediately now it exists that you deserve to be paid? That's not how it works, Jeff. That's not how it works, Barry. Right? At the end of the day, you need to do the legwork. Now, are you doing it for fame? Once again, do you really think that Justin Bieber, right, went on a YouTube and immediately became famous? Have a look at Ed Sheeran. He was playing on London street corners for years, being ignored. He was playing his music. He had his acoustic guitar. He was being thrown little shrapnel of money he was living on sofas for years yeah he made 20 pound a day 30 pound a day through just donations by getting up every morning at five o'clock in the morning and going to stand on a street corner or going to stand on a high street and grinding and perfecting and learning just because they're possibly some of the most famous musicians alive now doesn't mean that just because they pulled on a a, a guitar that they immediately earned it now one of the other things is is maybe maybe you want to be famous and maybe you want to to do it and maybe you have been doing it for five years but your intent isn't for money and isn't for fame it's because you think it's easy to earn that money you think it's easy to get that fame and ironically all of your passion and all of your drive for the last five years was actually you just trying to be lazy. You trying to dodge the nine to five. You trying to dodge the grind. You don't understand that if you're if you're becoming like successful in a niche, it's because they've put in thousands of hours of work. For a period of time, I was quite depressed. And before I met my, my other half, who I, I live with now, and her three-year-old daughter, who I love dearly. Before then, for about three and a half years, I I just had me. 
And for those three and a half years, I grinded. For three and a half years, I woke up at seven o'clock in the morning, right? And then I didn't go to bed until two o'clock at night. And in between those hours, in between those 19 hour days, every moment I was looking at analytics, I was looking at videos, I was creating content, I was learning how to entertain, I was writing blogs, I was looking at social media posts, I was having a look at forums and group chats and stuff like that. And I've done that on and off for seven, eight years. Even before then, I was running businesses, I was, I was selling to, to web development clients. I've been in this grind for a very, very long time. And although my YouTube channel may have been around for two years, and in those two years I'm hurtling towards 7,000 subscribers, you don't realise the climb that you have to make up a mountain. It's the intent. So, for me, I've always had a five-year plan, and it moves, and it shifts. But in five years' time, for this channel, which, as I said, I'm two years into it, so in five years' time from now... Not from five years' time from start, five years' time from now, I want the channel to be self-sustaining, or it needs to be generating enough clients that it autopilots. Now, at 3,000 subscribers, I was able to go full-time dedicating myself to YouTube and YouTube clients. So it works. At the end of the day, many people under-deliver within their first year and over-deliver after 10 you have to put the work in, right? So Barry or Jeff, if you're sat there and you're thinking, oh, you know, that YouTube stuff looks easy or that that Twitch stuff looks easy. I'll just sit there and if I just do that two or three times a week, sooner or later, I'll be earning £20,000 a month, right? It's not how it works, Jeff. It's not how it works, Barry, right? Second step, your content. Yeah, you may have been around for five years, but what stuff are you putting out? Because no one's going to watch you if your content is shit, right? Honestly, look at yourself. Have you been putting out Let's Plays every day for the last five years? Let's Plays are dead. And if you've done your research and actually bothered to have a look at your niche and realised what you are doing, if you was offering value and uploading on a regular basis, Jeff or Barry, then maybe you would have learned the niche you was in. That's the intent, once again. If you've got the mindset and you know that it's for money or for fame, you're going to do the legwork. So maybe, maybe you have been putting out content every day for five years. That's good. That's, that shows that you've got the mentality to create content, but you need to do the legwork. Or you're on the opposite side where... You've been around for five years, but you put up one one video a month, and you think that that's going to attract you new people, and that's going to make you stand out in a crowd of millions of new channels. No. Have a look at the content you are creating. Is the audio good? Is the video good? Are you talking? If you are playing Let's Plays, are you in the corner? Are you engaging? Are you building a community? Or... Let's say you're not gaming. Let's say you're doing YouTube tutorials or gaming tutorials or anything, right? Once again, how do you stack up against others in that field? How have you done your research? When I very first started my YouTube tricks and tips channels, right, I looked at the people in the niche to try and understand what they are delivering that I need to step up to the plate to do so as well. I looked at Roberto Blake, Sean Cannell, Nick Nimmons right, Brian G. Johnson, 
Tim Schmoyer, Daryl Eves. These are the people that I needed to learn as the benchmark to understand if I'm going to play with the big boys, how do they do it and how can I learn from them? I'm not saying that you you watch them and you regurgitate their content. You understand how they did it. How is their lighting? How is their cameras? How is their thumbnails? How is their branding? Have a look at their channel. How do they title things? How do they tag things? You need to be just as good or better for you to stand out. Because if you're just anybody else, if you are run-of-the-mill, if you are meh, then why should people spend time with you over the last five years? And if you haven't grown over the last five years, you're not good at what you're doing and it needed to change four and a half years ago. Have you done the basics? How are you titling? How are you tagging? How are you describing? How are you linking? Are you on Facebook? Are you sharing? Are you doing the legwork? I continue to say this. At the end of the day, you may have been around for five years, but you've clearly not done something right. Right? If you're creating helpful content, if you are answering the questions that people are asking in your niche, you would have got something. You would have got some kind of traffic. And if you're sharing them on a regular basis... Like, I put out three videos a week, a minimum of three videos a week nowadays. Um, I tend to put up news-breaking videos, and I now put the podcast up on sun, uh, Saturdays as well. But I've been putting out three videos a week for two years running. In fact, I've been putting out three videos a week over my the past of my YouTube like career for about seven years. And I've been putting out content for my clients I easily put out 20 videos a week between me and my clients, and I continue to consult them going forward. So, you've been on YouTube for five years, Jeff or Barry. How many videos have you got? You should have at least 100, 150 a year, which is three videos a week. So therefore, you should have, in theory, 700, 750, 800 videos. Have you got that, Barry? Aren't they helpful? Did they help someone or did they watch 10 minutes of your 40 minutes gameplay and never learn anything? Your content is shit if people don't learn. If you can't entertain, then people don't learn. Right? I'm not saying that everything that you ever have to do is upload and be how-tos and tutorials. What I mean is you have to add value to their life. If they trade 4 to 5 to 10 minutes of their time to watch your stuff... And they don't walk away with something. A smile, a reason, some motivation, a new lesson learned. Then your content is shit. You need to trade them for their time. Because their time is valuable. And over the last five years, if you've never made a, a penny on YouTube. And you've been actively trying to in five years. Then you're doing something wrong. Final pillar is hustle. Okay, If you've got the right intent. It doesn't matter what your ten intent is in, in its basis. If you want money, that's fine. If you want fame, that's fine. If you want out of the 9 to 5, that's still fine, right? But you can't be lazy. You have to create the legwork and do the hustle. If you've got the content and you are putting out five videos a week, that's good. But you need to be doing the legwork to make sure that those are the correct thing. And that's where the hustle comes in mind, right? You have to do the research. You have to have a look at the analytics. You have to look at the people in your niche. You have to look at what's around. You have to see what's trending. And then you need to make sure that everybody can see it. 
Are you sharing it? Or are you just sat there? Are you uploading and just leaving it be? That's like uploading a really good designed banner in the middle of a field right next to a sheep where only two cars go by all the time. Once in the morning, once at night, as they drive to work. It could be fantastic. Your content could be amazing, but if you're not sharing it, no one gives a toss. Right? So, are you on Facebook? Are you on Twitter? Are you on Instagram? Are you blogging? Do you have your own website? Do you have a newsletter? Do you have a megaphone? Are you shouting it at people? Are you going to to community networks? Are you networking in your local area? It Just do your legwork. And I know I keep saying that, but it truly is, right? If you're lazy in your intent, if you're not willing to reach out, if not willing to create content, if you're not willing to share it, if you just think uploading a video gives you a God-given right to make money, then you're doing it wrong. Now, I am a member of around about 10 Facebook groups all around YouTube. I don't constantly spam my links. I sit there. And every now and then, someone asks a question, and I'll chime in, and I'll help them. And if it's relevant, maybe I'll drop a link. Maybe I won't. But they get used to my name. They get used to me helping them, right? Also, in my YouTube channel, that's all I do. I constantly create help videos. I constantly reply. Are you replying to the people that watch your videos? If they've taken their time to watch your video, two, three, five, ten minutes, and then engaged you engage them enough, then they're a warm lead, right? If you've engaged them enough that they comment, then you've already got them. So keep them. Reply to them. Build up a network. Some of the faces that show up on my video on a radio basis, uh, regular basis is the things that makes me smile, right? The first 5, 10, 20 people that show up on my video, pretty much always the same people. They always say hello. They always comment on like whether or not my cat's in it or whether or not I've shaved or whether I've got a blocked nose or they, they like my catchphrase, here we go, right? Those are the people that you need. And the only way that you get them, the only way you get your first 1,000 true fans is by engaging with them, by talking to them, by interacting with them. Yes, Jeff. Yes, Barry, you've been on the platform for five years. But you can grow a plant in your back garden for five years. You can put it out there and the rain can water it and the world can feed it and it can grow strong. But on social media, if you stand in one place for more than five years, you're my space and nobody gives a fuck about you. Anyone can build a social media brand. Anyone can do it. All you need is the real, real passion. You need the drive. You need to commit to it. You need to find your niche. Learn your niche. Understand everything around you. Be selfless by helping people. Then you can earn something. Then you can grow something within five years. But in the meantime, you just have to go out there and start creating. Now, over the years, many, many times, people have said to me, oh, you know, but you're just a YouTuber. You know, you you faff about for a bit, you record three to five minutes of video, and you upload it. You know, that's, that's not a real job. Do, do you make money off of that? How do you make money off of that? I just don't understand it. It's, you know, as if it's some kind of throw-together hobby that people don't understand the legwork. So, 
Today, we take a trip down memory lane and I explain to you in a rant why just a YouTuber is an insult. It's going to be one of those rant videos. You're just a YouTuber. Just a YouTuber. It's a phrase that people throw out there and it's kind of derogatory. You know, if you're not on TV, if you're not on stage, if you're just dabbling around on YouTube, you're just a YouTuber. It's one of the things that really annoys me. Now, I've been on YouTube for six, seven years now. Yeah, I've been dabbling around with clients. I've been doing web design work. I've been editing videos. I've been writing videos. I've been creating content and creating tutorials in the last year and a half. Does that sound like I'm just a YouTuber? Does that sound like I'm a throwaway thing that I'm doing. You know, I, I every now and then I just walk on weekends. I just I just go for a walk. Every now and then I'll, I'll just pop into my gym and I'll, I'll just go for a gym session. Every now and then I'll make a cup of tea. I just make a cup of tea. If you're on here, if you've created content just like me, the phrase just a YouTuber can be infuriating because no one that has created multiple videos and uploaded and considered when they're publishing and where to publish and how to publish and how to get people in no one on here that's done that is just a youtuber yes youtube can be a choice between a hobby and a career but at the end of the day even if you're dedicated to a hobby it's not just a hobby a hobby that encompasses someone a hobby that takes up seven eight nine ten years it's not just a hobby, it's part of that person, it's part of their psyche, it's part of what makes them tick. They actively choose to stand up to make videos, they actively choose to put on that camera to make that content. YouTube takes dedication, right? Anyone that's got any amount of subscribers hasn't just thrown up their stuff. They haven't just put one video up and got 7,000 subscribers out of nowhere. They've grinded, they've made content, they've written scripts, they've gone out of the way to do it. Just a YouTuber shrugs off all the things that they have achieved, that they have needed to learn, the skills. You're not just a YouTuber, you're a writer. You're not just a YouTuber, you're a producer. You're not just a YouTuber, you're a videographer. You're not just a YouTuber, you're an advertiser. You have to think what the video is, when the video goes out, how to film it, why to film it, how to make it interesting, how to edit it. Does that sound like just a hobby, just a YouTuber? YouTube is hard work, right? This goes on two ends of the scales, right? Yes, you have PewDiePie that's putting out content once a day and he's got a team behind him, but he's done all of that work to get there. On the flip side, there's some people that have 10 subscribers and they're like, oh, I don't, I don't get it. Why have you got 100 videos and there's 100 subscribers? Why didn't you just give up? Because it's dedication, it's hard work, it takes time. It takes a lot of sacrifices. Now, in the last six, seven years, there's many times that I've chosen to do this over many other things, and why? Because I'm not just a YouTuber. I'm dedicated to my idea. I'm willing to make sacrifices to, to fuel the future goal. To kind of semi-quote a Nick Nimmin thing that I'm not 100% positive on, it is do something today that your tomorrow self will thank you for. If I'm here building the foundations every day, posting videos, creating content, advertising, re working really, really hard now for the next two years. In two years time, when I look back and I've gained two, three, four, ten thousand 10,000 subscribers, 
future me will thank me. You don't just wake up one morning and have 10,000 subscribers and a working business. I've been in web design for 10, 11 years. It's only in the last three or four years that it's been self-sustaining, that I've had clients, that they're on retainer, that they're, they're listening to my consulting advice. YouTube can take sleep away from you. YouTube can take friends away from you. YouTube takes a huge amount of time away from you. So next time someone says to you that it's just a hobby and that you're just a YouTuber, send them this video so they understand how insulting that is. And maybe show them my other rant videos that might educate them on other things as well. There's a link up here. So that's why this isn't just a hobby. For more YouTube tricks and tips on how to grow your channel, how to learn new skills, click that subscribe button. Of course, hit that notification button so you're alerted every time the videos go live. And when I go live, go out there, start creating. Thank you for listening to the Start Creating Podcast. If you want more tips, tricks and advice from Alan Spicer, that's me, then go to youtube.com forward slash Alan Spicer and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. See you soon. Go out there, start creating.